Hey, happy Monday, everyone. It is your girl, Mimi, your host of the Coffee with Curls podcast. And over the weekend, I had my cousin visiting from New York, my cousin Angie, and I ended up doing an interview and I think that you guys are going to enjoy our conversation. So stay tuned to this a brand new episode of the podcast. Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. It is your host, Mimi, with the Coffee with Curls podcast. And today, I'll be doing something a little different. I think um, getting a little sip of wine and smoking a cigar and having a conversation with um, a special guest, which I've invited on here. And it is my cousin, Angie. So say hello to the audience. Hi, everyone. (laughs) This is Angie. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Of course. I think that we always have great conversations. So I felt like I had to do an episode while she was out here visiting Houston. So how do you like in Houston? I love Houston. Houston is my town. (laughs) H-Town really is the H-Town. Like, it lives up to the name. It lives up to the name? Yes, it does. And I'm happy to be here. I'm glad you came to visit. Oh, yes. The people, the vibe, the energy, the food. I mean, it's just, it's great. I think because I fed her, she's saying that. No, no plugs, no plugs. It's the food. It's the disclaimer. I was not paid for 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 saying that. I'll be straight up. I just, I, I'm telling you, I'm really amazed by Houston. I'm glad you like it. Yeah, Houston is not a a city that that you expected to be what it is, and I'm just amazed, like. It's I'm like telling. a hidden gem that nobody talks it about. It truly is. Right? It, it truly, truly, truly is a hidden gem. And I'll tell you, the hospitality, phenomenal. I'm glad. So thank you. Of thank course. you very, very much. I, I tell people it's a hidden gem, especially, of course, when people find out that I'm from New York. They're like, why do you like it there? It's almost like this little secret, this question yeah. of like, <laughs> wow, is it? I was like, it's kind of hard to describe. I think that... For anyone who's ever interested in moving and going somewhere else, definitely go visit. Take yourself. If there's a, a place you will, um, want to go visit or thinking about moving, um, check it out. Absolutely. And why not start why not? in the South? Why not? <laughs> I'm just saying, do what makes you happy and F what anybody else thinks. Yes. But that's always been my motto. So, you know, I'm glad you enjoyed. How was your first crawfish experience? Oh, my God. <laughs> Let me tell you. Um, tell first, let me let me put out the precedence and how this whole thing went down. So we went to L.A. Fisherman, That's or is right. it La Fisherman? Actually, it's L.A. Fisherman. So oh, it is L.A. Fisherman. You see, so you see, I I I don't assume my ask. Um, but this spot, people, when I tell you, it was hands down packed. It was packed. Because the food was off the chain. It is off the chain. It, it is. is phenomenal. It is. Like, we had uh, crawfish, mm-hmm. the shrimps. We did. Gumbo. You had gumbo, you did. You and the it. Cajun fries, yes. The Cajun fries. Definitely. It was good. But, I know. But let me tell you, this is... It, so you you get seated into a, a table with wax paper, so you know it's serious. When they throw out bibs, and it's like you're gonna go ham on everything. It's gonna go down. And when I tell you, when they bring you everything, they bring it in bags. So just like money comes in bags that you you know your face lights up. That's the same way with food. Seafood, right? When you see this food, how it comes out and how it's made. Yes. It's amazing. It's good. And you get sloppy. You get oh, super yeah. sloppy. And you got to be a You savage. feel like you're a five-year-old. It's you're a five-year-old fine. getting sloppy. Yes. Hands on, you know, breaking down the shells, uh, digging the tail out of the damn crawfish. But I like oh, that savagery. God, yes. Sometimes it's needed. Oh, yes. Right? I felt like a little kid. At a candy store, except it wasn't candy. It was more like Willy Wonka chocolate. And I dipped my face in that puddle of, of chocolate and came up and came all looking all crazy. But, you know, it was great. 
It yeah. was really, really it good. It was good. So we do that house special miles. I'm giving you guys some gems. Oh, yes. On this. If you ever go or you decide to check it out, it's a spot in, in um, Houston, Texas, and it's delicious. Um, we have someone that put us on, and it's been like a little secret spot. So... Well, yeah. the secret so is, the secret is out. I'm sharing. Yeah, sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. I'm telling you, you cannot step foot into Houston without stepping into LA Fisherman's is yum 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 yum. Oh my god, delicious. So you know what? I wanted so you have some topics actually. So we're gonna go over some topics today. So what do you got for us? Well, you know, I come up with the little things <laughs> here and there. So, but um just to give you a little insight as to who I am. So I am a 30-year-old female Dominican single and just <laughs> single in the city. free spirit person, you know, not dating anyone, living in New York, moved back after 17, 18 years from Florida, which was the high and mighty sunny city, to go back to New York. And it's just... You know, it's been a major transition. And so, you know, talking to you, I was telling you how that transition came about and, mm. and how difficult it's been because yeah. it's like you go from one extreme to the other. Mm-hmm. And like you yourself, yes. you know, you migrated as well from New York to I Houston. Did. So it's like I did the opposite. So coming from the South, I went North, you went North to the South. Yes. And... Um, I wanted to talk about that because, you know, at this stage in our lives, Mm -hmm. you know, we're not getting any younger, but also... You speak for yourself because I'm getting seasons, baby. Oh, seasons. (laughs) That's my favorite word. Seasons like the Cajun fries. Uh, I'm seasoned. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, you know what? That's my my new vernacular. I am seasoned. I'm I'm getting more seasoned. Yes. Yes. I'm getting a little bit more seasoned, even more spicier. Um, I tell people all the time, like, oh, it's so funny when I hear somebody like in their mid-20s and they're like, I'm getting all the baby girls. Like, oh, no, no, no. How do you feel like being... Well, let's keep it real. Girls in 20s are still baby calves. (laughs) I hate to compare you to that, but yes, you're baby calves. When you hit your 30, that's when life really starts to unravel. unravel. And all the mystery comes out to the light. But, you know, I tell you like this, um, just moving around and and making transition, making moves, you know, because... We're overachievers here, and we, yes. we we like to try different things. We're not afraid of trying different things. I yes. tell you, moving back to New York isn't what I expected it to be. And it's weird because the New York that I knew back then isn't the New York that I see now. Mm-hmm. And yes. so it's been a little bit challenging because the New York that I knew before was much more fun, much more vibrant. And now it's just like uh, commercial or maybe superficial, very, it's not as fun. Let's put it that way. I think uh, gentrification had a lot to do with that. I think it took out the flavor. We blended the city. And I think that what made New York flavorful for me is um, us in the sense of the cultures and, and the right. know, everything. And I just remember we talked about this, about growing up. And the 90s and how it was such right. an amazing time between music and just... Just a different vibe. It was a different vibe. I also think that technology played a huge impact on this because back then we didn't have all this social media, yes. mm-hmm. um, all this, you know, internet and, and everybody want to be live. I know. I mean, what it is to be live I now... <laughs> Back then it was what a time to be alive. alive. <laughs> Whereas now everybody wants to live to be live. <laughs> or to uh, have a facade of, hey, this is my life, a yeah. and like I'm having this good time. But are you having a good time or are you just pretending for your followers? Right. Which and, is very and, different. And I say this that Instagram is the biggest hoax. Yeah, it's it a blessing be. and also it's a curse because uh, people want to live for the gram, as mm. I say. You know, 
you see people on social media posting, oh, I was here, I was here, I was here, I was here. But when you go to those places and you see those people nine times out of ten, what do you see them doing? You're not enjoying the moment. No, and they're not interacting. There's no conversation. Mm -hmm. There's no communication. It's all about, let me pick up this phone. Let me Snapchat. Let me look cute, which there's nothing wrong. We're looking cute. I'm not on that haterade bus. So (laughs) before y'all start, because you know, some of you ladies or little girls, as I call it, you know, want to start on the haterade. But no, there's nothing wrong with looking cute and wanting to film where you at and all of that. But interaction, it's like... It's a lost art. Yeah, I think it's a lost art. I find that the people that flirt sometimes, like I'm an observer, so I'm a people watcher. Okay? So I watch people sometimes. I'm like, ooh, that's awkward. But I think we're just losing the art of... Yeah. Look at each other's eyes and having a conversation. And having a conversation. conversation. And and even the ones with the conversation have no substance. Mm -hmm. Like, what do I care if you're on your period? That's TMI. I don't care. It depends. Unless it's some useful information of something that you got. For example... Girl, have you unless, seen the unless it hit you right then and there, right before <laughs> we're about be to eat, I don't need to know that. I think it depends on how that information is being delayed, unless you give me information that I can use. I'm you cool listen, with that. The only exception mm-hmm. to the rule is if it hits you right then and there, then there's something to talk about and giggle because that shit is funny. Oh, my God. But other than that, I don't need to know how painful it is because guess what? I know how painful it is. We don't need you to talk about listen, it. Now, well, I'm going to tell you something. I need sympathy because I know only a, a woman that goes through that stuff can Absolutely. understand. Absolutely. And I, I hear it, but I, I get what you're saying. But Absolutely. That, I don't find too much TMI. So tell me about Miss Angela at 12. Who is she? At 12? You yes. mean at 12 at 12 years old? 12 years old. 12 years old. 12 years old. Angela was just... What was Angela doing at 12? Jesus, Angela grew, let me tell you something. I've always been like an old soul. Okay. In a trapped in a younger body. Explain that. So basically at 12, I had a mentality of let's say a 17-year-old or 18-year-old. Always hanging out with the older crowd. Okay. I was actually clubbing, if you can believe that. I do believe that because I was well, in that too. <laughs> you know, the blessing <laughs> that we had, the blessing that we had was because we were very shapely and nicely developed. So that confused, you know, these men out here. But I think, honestly, those days were a little different too. Absolutely. I think it was different too because... I don't know. I think even like the the nightclub at that time, like I remember going and truly dancing for like five to six hours. Oh, absolutely. Like just think about going to go hear like absolutely. good music, live I band. remember going out to Casa Quiqueña. Oh, yes. Después siete, mi gente. That was a club, a very famous club in Brooklyn. Off of White Hawk, wasn't it? Right. Yeah, yeah. Which has changed to so many names. Oh, my God. It was Casa Borinque. Casa Borinque, yeah. Casa Quiqueya, yeah. Passion, whoever knows. I don't know what name. I don't even know what it is. Anymore. I don't even know what it is or, yeah. even, or if it's even open. But, it's open. but back in the day, that was the place to be. That was the place was. to be. It was a hot spot. You had live acts, live artists. You would go, get your groove on, dance the night away. And I mean, really dance. Dance, like where, truly dance the night where away. The minute that you hit the bar, you would see a eye, uh, you know, eye candy or somebody eyeing you, sending you a drink, and it was like off to the well, dance hell, floor. Well, I wasn't drinking at that time. Well, speak for yourself. <laughs> Confession. Speak for yourself. I wasn't. I wasn't. Speak for yourself. But I have a story about alcohol, though. Well, alcohol. Well, I'm going to tell you this. I'll share share this story, FYI, people. So I remember. (laughs) Here comes the confession. Here comes the confession. My uh, brother's father was drinking Brugat, and I was looking at it, and I was young. I was like, what is that? He's like, oh, you want to try it? I was like, Sure. I tried that thing. I made the illest face and he was laughing. I was like, why would you drink that oh nasty ass drink? I was like, 
I don't want that. If that's what alcohol tastes like, I don't want it. Well, I remember my first alcoholic drink, even though it wasn't really considered an alcoholic drink. Remember Zima? Zima. That it was like a clear colored wannabe. I don't remember that. Well, girl, it was a clear color blue bottle. And it was Ooh. just... It don't even sound good. It's not even a good name. It wasn't. It, it, it's like a spritzer, to be honest with you. But oh, my God. It was alcoholic. I had that. <laughs> you had to try it. I had to try that. And, of course, Corona, which was the beer. It was the beer. But, you know, at that age, we didn't consider that alcohol. I didn't become a hardcore alcoholic <laughs> like until like maybe 18. Mm. That's when I started knowing a little bit A better. little bit more. Yeah, but at 12 years old, this was an Angela that was just experimenting, just going out there in the world, just getting to know people and just loving to hang out, hung out with my sisters, my cousin, shout out to them. You know, they know who they are. (laughs) Um, And we just always had a blast Mm. dancing the night away. We didn't get home until five or six in the morning. Oh my God. And like I told you, even afterwards, you know, outside of Casa Kikeya, we used to have the chimichurri spot. The chimichurri spot. You can't leave without going to the chimichurri spot. I miss those things. For any people, oh, sorry, for people who don't know what chimichurri is, is a Dominican burger. It's the best way of describing it. It is. And it's delicious. So if you ever get a chance to try that for people that haven't, I suggest that you add that to your life. It's the most tastiest thing you can have. Especially at a night of drinking. Oh, definitely. Or that spot off of um, what spot we just went to, um, with the cuchifrito spot. Oh, oh, that was on Flushing. Yes, on Flushing. Yo, they have those spots where you sit there and have like a little potato balls. Oh my god, they know they pop with yes. some ketchup after you've been drinking all night. You just pop or up like having the chicharrón de, de pollo, on patelito, like oh yes. my god, those things and it's funny because every time i go back home to visit i have to have those things in my life because i don't have it enough well i mean even after coming out of the club you had to have had to have something yeah there was no way that you would ever make it to your house and go to sleep right away without eating something or drinking something absolutely and I'll be done for the night after the tamarindo. I'm oh, like, oh, yeah. I'm done. I'm like, oh, like, yes. My life is together now. <laughs> some exactly. Sleep. And then just wake up, wash your behinds, and call it a day. Isn't but it sure. funny, though, how we've come a long way and we've managed yes. to appreciate sleep more? I know. Whereas before, we wanted to be I awake. didn't want to sleep before. We didn't want to sleep, God. and now we just appreciate it more. But I that goes to yeah. show you how time Creeps up on you. No, a seasoned baby. Seasoned. Season. <laughs> yes, I'm seasoned with the Cajun and the spiciness. Yeah. Oh, the and with an addition of sleep. Any yes, sleep? with an addition of sleep. No, I didn't sleep. No, I, no, when I was younger, I felt like I didn't want to miss anything, so I would not sleep. It's crazy. I would it work is. crazy hours. I used to work in G. I used to manage a GNC, and in the city. Yes, I remember, I remember that, those. and I would freaking work all day yep switch up hang out all night and then still had time to do time, whatever you had to do wash my behind and go back to work there you go i was like where was that energy i need some of that now like i don't definitely don't have that same energy i was yeah. 18 at the time so it was and imagine working mothers now in oh this day God. and age with kids. It's a lot. They have less energy, but somehow manage to yeah. find the energy where I they don't know. have it. Absolutely. God Shout bless out them. to you guys because I'm going to tell you, it is. Absolutely. I know it's a challenge. and <laughs> Absolutely. It's real. Working mothers are the hardest workers in America. I guess. For sure. They are. And they should be given the proper props. Because they have three full-time jobs. You got the, the actual job at work. Then yeah. you got the actual job of maintaining your man and your relationship. And then at the same time, um, the work of being a mother. And the yes. work of being a mother sometimes is the hardest one. It is. Because sure. you're actually 
investing time and additional energy you're in that charge you of don't human have beings. You're like, That's of a an additional human being beings. that you are molding yes. to be the next president, the but next however, cop, the next whatever, or being lawyer, a good person, or being the, everything, everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it takes a lot of energy, so they don't get the proper uh, props that they deserve. So let me ask you this. So being that you've been gone from New York for a long time and then you've come back, mm-hmm. what would be the top two things that you wish that, well, we grew up in Brooklyn. So what are the two things that you would want to see back in Brooklyn? The, the two things that I would love to see back in Brooklyn would be that energy, the energy that we used to have before where people had the interaction, where people were more friendlier, people weren't all self-absorbed and narcissistic. It's like, it's really like a zombie land right now because mm-hmm. it's like everybody's all into themselves. And that's all great because, I mean, if we're going to be real and mm-hmm. people out here talking about, well, I got to think about me and self-love this and self-love that, that's all great. But when it gets to the point where you don't see that interaction because you're too self-absorbed in your own little world, I have a problem with that because it's like you there's no communication. There's not there's nothing. And I wish we could turn the hands of time and, and get that vibe back. I don't know if it's the 90s vibe or the 80s, even better, wow, which were even more funner. But regardless, I wish I wish people were you know, like before, just more vibing to other people instead of just for themselves. What would be your second thing? The second thing I would love to see in New York is, you know, bringing back that authentic music. I'm sorry, but the garbage <laughs> that I hear coming out of New York is no. just pure garbage. Doesn't motivate me for nothing. Mm. It's sad. It really is sad because I expected better than than that um, than what than what we're hearing in New York. And I know New York has a melting pot of artists that are fully talented. I mean, I think there's a lot of everywhere. dope artists that just don't get, unfortunately, the way the radio is set up. They don't get their shine as they right. should, which is unfortunate because then everybody misses out. You're really missing out on what you can hear. Right. And then, and then we're depending on a selective radio. group of, of radio yes. in particular to pick garbage that really doesn't... I don't think it's because, honestly... There's a whole different conversation. It is it's about money and how, you know, labels pumping money oh, for these I artists know about to get the money. listened to. I know to. about the money pumping. But I think that the generation of like growing up in New York to hear the music as it was coming out as art. Right. It, it, it was really But valuable. you know, in the 90s, I think with Hot 97 in particular, the thing that I used to love about Hot 97 was they always found that balance. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they, they did the commercial part as far as, you know, getting the money's worth of all that money but that the label was. I don't think they did was, it as much in the 90s. I think they did because, did. you know, we used to hear like different people like... Um, no, I, I mean, in that, yes, in that perspective, when yeah. you did hear other artists, but I'm saying... They didn't pump the money. Like, now it's very strategized. Right. And in a sense, I don't think the 90s had that strategy because that when music was being developed, when you had the R&B, the hip-hop, and then when reggae infused with hip-hop, which right. uh, that was bomb, then we had the reggaeton dembo and all that stuff just coming in in such a flood that right. I think that it was a good thing because it was like, okay, this is new. We're coming in. Right. And right. it's almost like... But I remember distinctively, at least when we used to hang out, like the live um, radio, when they would be at, let's say, the tunnel yes. or places like that. Yes. You would yes. hear up and coming and underground you did. artists you did. that you didn't necessarily hear on the radio, but, mm-hmm. you know, they they were put on there live and you heard mm-hmm. them. You know, um, for example, Fuji's. Nobody knew about Fuji's. Mm. Fuji's exploded out of nowhere. Uh, this guy, Mr. C's, with, C. yeah. with with Renee. That that's another thing. Right. You, I know that New York has a melting pot of 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 great artists, but you will never hear of them unless you're like overseas or somewhere else 
where they do show the support. And unfortunately, New York doesn't have that. So I wish I could say, I wish you could have that back, but unfortunately, it's not there. At least and you can so search it, though. Like, now the, you Absolutely. have the access. Well, I mean, I'm an avid music head. So. I love, love me some music. I'm such of a music course. head. And I'm always finding stuff. So I'd be like, oh, yeah, like them. Oh, that's good. Yes. Because something like right now, I feel definitely that R&B is not as much, but I think it's just not as um, commercial. Yeah. It's not commercialized. But there are amazing R&B artists that I have out. Yeah. R&B is a dying breed, though. I'm like, what's going on? We love it. It's a dying breed. There are people still doing it. I just have to go and find, you have to search. It's not on the radio. You're not going to get it on the radio. Absolutely. You're just not. And unfortunately, that's just um, the way it ties in now. But that's when social media is, is good. Because you can just be like, oh, let me see what's out here. Right. And then you can look. You right. know what I'm saying? And um, Thank God for YouTube. Oh, God. I love the YouTube. Yes. YouTube is like YouTube worldwide. is dangerous. Because I'll, <laughs> I'll start... I say I have my PhD in YouTube. Uh oh. I'll start looking at and listen, you learn a lot. You uh, can absolutely. learn like a lot of educational stuff. Absolutely. And I'm all about education. I listen to my TED Talks on there, a lot of, you know, some podcasts, uh, all kinds of things. And then I'll be like, I'll start looking up like, oh, how to edit something. And then all of a sudden I'm like looking at puppies. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> I've been two hours in. As I haven't done anything with my it's life. It's so versatile. <laughs> it's it has versatile. so much stuff they in do. there about anything and everything. So mm. it's a little bit of everything for everyone. Everybody. Absolutely. Yes. You get in there, you're like, oh my God. Absolutely. Did you see, and speaking of YouTube, did you see that Momo challenge? Well, okay. So I didn't see the video because the face was disturbing. Just yes, the, the I saw face. the screenshot. Oh my god! Of the face of what it was, and I saw people posting it on Instagram, like saying, "You know, be careful what your kids are watching." It's so scary because the fact that that was out there the way it was, and I guess there was kids doing it. I, I mean, I hope not, but I mean, you don't know. Um, just for those that don't know, the Momo Challenge is basically, it's an ugly, it's a ugly doll with ugly. bulging eyes Creepy. and like a chicken body Yeah, that's staring at you really nasty. I mean, it's, it's creeper. It's creepy. And the challenge is that it's telling, uh, subliminally the children to hurt themselves. Yes. And I'm like, and oh my kids God. all over the world are following this challenge. Yeah. You know, it's because they think it's cool or whatever. And I just have to say, listen, parents, you've got to be very vigilant as far as what your kids are looking through all social but that's media. That's scary because, because how was that popping up? So let's say if you, like anybody, myself, I'm an adult right. and I'm watching something. All of a sudden, you know how sometimes you're watching something, and then something automatically. Place. Right. So some that can happen. You know, can can be watching something. I don't know how this is programmed, how the programming was. And then all of a sudden this comes up and the kid is watching. And a parent can be careful, but sometimes that crap can happen. And you're like, oh shit. You well, know, which this, is scary. This is where I wish, you know, and it goes back to what I was telling you about technology being the blessing and the curse, because mm-hmm. back then we didn't have so much technologies and, you know, being in the 90s, growing up in the 90s, we would go out, we would hang out, you know, we were interact, but we would also play. We play, were all, yeah. always into this whole social media. We would actually be sent out in the world to go play. Play go with go each outside, other. Go play handball. Go play handball. Go, go play tag. Egg. Go play with the yeah. dirt. I don't care. Uh, yeah. As long as you're not on TV house. land yeah. or on a Nintendo, whatever. Mm. And... It's great that I understand that as far as technology goes, it's it's the future and it's better to teach your kids early about IT and technology and all of that because that is the route that it's going it and it's is not what stopping. It is right now, yeah. But at the same time, I think that parents have to also be vigilant that there is a curse behind all of this because, like I said, challenges like this, oh my God. which I don't think it's going to get any better. I just hope that they, whatever's happening, they it's take it actually down. causing a huge influence. Yes, of course. You know, and right now we have a huge epidemic with you know young kids or young adults, you know, killing themselves. Mm-hmm. Suicide rates is on an all-time high, mm. um, whether it be because of drugs or or stupid things like that of killing themselves because of social media or pressures or even bullying. 
you know. Well, you got to understand. The thing is, what plays a big role, it's really a lot of psychology in regards to what you're watching or you're consuming. Right. This the consumption of what's going on and how that affects, it does affect us. Of course. It does. Of course. And so when, unfortunately, if um, a young person, whoever decides to um, commit suicide, it really is, is very deep and embedded in so many aspects of how it's being handled, how they're handling it. And I don't know. I don't think there's a, a one way answer for that because you don't know how, what's, going on with that right you right. know what i'm saying is basically that you know social media and technology has played such a big role that at the same time you got to be vigilant because it also serves as an influence and it is an influence unfortunately so yeah i mean uh social media definitely plays a huge influence and i think we have to truly be honest about how that affects us in our day to day. Absolutely. And um, you know, it is. Like sometimes I have to catch myself like you gotta get off. Absolutely. Because it's so automatic, you know, and it's like, okay, I'm looking, I'm glancing real quick. It's like a quick glance, and here goes my thumb. It's just scroll, scroll, scroll. And I'm like, no, back up. Don't right. do, don't do that because it just gets into so what I start to do is put my phone on air uh, airplane mode. Oh, that's smart. Yeah, it's just completely That's really smart. airplane mode. So to be undisturbed, so I can focus, just so easy to, because what happens is it's like mindless scrolling. Right. You know, I do one hashtag. Let's say, for example, like now with whatever's trending. And if I go on there, I'm like, oh, I'm curious. Bam, now I'm reading like 20 other. I'm like, no, you don't need to be curious about that. That's not what yeah, you need to be curious about. Exactly. You need to be curious about what your goals are yeah. <laughs> instead of being, because it is, for for me, it could be a distraction. So now I started to do that where I'm winning myself off and not go on. I had I was so guilty of going on as soon as I woke up. Well, I'm guilty of being a social media whore <laughs> where I used to have the Facebook, the, the Snapchat, the, the Instagram and everything. And it was every single day posting something every single day. I didn't post anything to show off. It was mostly mm -hmm. just putting stupid things on there just to follow the crowd per se. But, mm -hmm. you know, what I do notice is that once I've cut off, which FYI, I have cut off all social yeah, media. Yeah, you're off, off. Yeah. Absolutely. And I don't regret it because I notice that, you know, not only can I get stuff done mm -hmm. and I don't feel like... I have this pressure of having to prove myself or having to prove something on social media and posting and getting likes and all of that, which yeah, people yeah. actually live they for that. Do. Um, I avoid situations like that of, you know, just horf horrific things like that, like the Momo challenge. I mean, I can't, I can't fathom I definitely don't thing. follow any of those challenges. Like I remember you know the water challenge came out. Yeah. Where people would throw like cold buckets of water. Right. And I knew people were doing it for a charity. Right. But I can see how that can get so out of hand. Absolutely. Real fast. I'm like, how about just donate? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing any my checkbook and a I, I think I'll just donate right. for the cause. I know? can't stand cold water, so <laughs> it's not that. happening. Yeah. You're not, no. But, no, but what's you know. great about just disconnecting from the social media is that you can avoid having to see those type of horrific things. And and trust mm. me, this isn't the worst that I've seen. I've seen oh, worse. This whole, oh, and, yes. and it's a whole different world, but you just got to be vigilant. And at the same time, the interaction. I, I love interacting with people. I'm very, I'm very, I'm like a social butterfly, like yeah. very welcoming, very friendly, you know, to a certain extent. Um, but I... I'm I'm a, a, a kid at heart mm. from the 90s that used to love to just meet people and hang out and just I'll tell you what I do like when, when I go back home. I mean, I guess because, of course, home is home. So you got, I got my friends that I grew up with, yeah. my family. So when I go back home to New York, I don't post as much at all because it's like I want to enjoy. So what is there to post? Well, not even. No, 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 no. But I'm enjoying the the present of 
having a glass of wine right. with my friends, my of just family, being. of just, uh, I'd rather have the moments of us having a conversation right. and sharing that. And right. just like, I want to look in your eyes and us laughing, you know, caca laughing yes. and, stuff and just be loud. I love being loud when yes. I'm out and about. And just really just being in a moment of just sharing, like, how I mean, your, your yes. whereabouts. I want to know how you're doing. Like, you know? exactly. That's and, more important. And you've noticed, like, the times that you've gone to visit, like, how it'll turn from one hour and from a blink of an eye. It's three and a half, half hours, hours later. Like, and we're sitting here <laughs> complaining, saying, why does this waiter keep coming back to us we've been here every hours. five minutes? Because you've been here more than an hour. Go home. Y'all hold this table <laughs> We need this table. There's only so much shit you can talk in life. Oh, I can talk. But you're, you're, not, you're not podcasting <laughs> here. Can you like leave? But yeah, you love it. But I love it. I love, love to it. have conversations with people. I just feel like it helps me. I don't know. It's, it's a connection thing, right? Just getting to know people and perspective. And I feel like everybody's a story. Everybody's their own story. I feel like people are walking books. Yes. We all have our stories. We'll have our chapters. And I just like, I don't know. And it's a book you can't wait to read. To read. Let me find out who you are. Hi. Yeah. (laughs) You're human. Let me see who you are. Where you, you know, in in a good way. You know, I'm not trying to be nosy. I just, in a good way of like, I just don't like you're good. Exactly. Especially with like my friends and family. I just want to make sure... You're good. Exactly. Because, you know, you just never know. You know, sometimes you could speak to somebody every day and don't know they're going through something. No, that's true. And sometimes a conversation with somebody, it can make turn to something like, you know, hey, girl. It could be a healing moment for a lot of people. Like, sometimes you can just make a huge impact just by sitting there and just listening. Yep. And I've learned so much about being, you know, having active listening skills, which is mm. one of my greatest virtues, just having active listening skills, After active listening skills and just listening to what you have to say and understanding where you're coming from. And if I could try to like, you know, put my two cents to make you understand that <laughs> I feel that, you know, maybe we, we, we share that commonality. Why not? Like. It's just great. It really is great to, you know, have conversations, yes. listen to one another, empathize with one another, be compassionate, and and just, you know, help. Just yes. help each other out. Yeah. I just, I mean, just to be mindful, because like I said, you just don't know what people are going through. I think right. that uh, we carry a lot of hurt. Yeah. And people. and the truth of the matter is, we're living in a very difficult, very difficult tumultuous, scary is. time. A like, lot going on. No one can sit here and tell me a they're lot. living their best life yeah. and YOLO because no. <laughs> not, not all day, every day. Not no, every day. Not every day. Every day it's, is not the best life. It's as scary. Well. As Cardi B would say, <laughs> bitch, I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared. And the famous words of Cardi B. And the famous words of Cardi B, which. <laughs> Shout out She's to her. Right. Yeah. Uh, bitch, I'm scared. <laughs> and I get it. It is. And I think having those difficult conversations that can be, you know, uncomfortable. Right. And I don't know. I think sometimes people just want to feel like they're, to say it's okay. Right. Exactly. I think that like the permission of saying, you know, whatever's going on, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. That's right. You know, because sometimes you just need like a sign like, you know what? It's gonna be okay. It's going, and it really is. But I know at times it's hard to see, right? This depending, and what depending you're going, on the situation. Situation. Yes. I get it because at the time, listen, you're all in your feelings, and you have the right to feel what you feel. Okay? Yeah, and you know? and people are struggling. Folks are struggling. Are really, really struggling. And sometimes we don't have the language to express. No, because we Don't. repress our feelings. We like to hide our feelings. We like I to we like not to disclose how we feel. But I think I don't. I don't necessarily think I, it's a like thing. I think it's that we've been taught that we've been taught so much to suppress. Absolutely, hot and suppress. Don't let's not talk about it. Let's not be tumultuous about this because it makes other people uncomfortable. And I think that the more uh, as I got older and and I. Uh, doing therapy, understanding when I've healed myself to have these conversations. I'm like, I don't know damn how uncomfortable it is because suppressing those type of feelings doesn't heal you. Yeah. It does not. It, it hinders. Funny. 
Funny girl. how the world tells you, uh, fuck your feelings very right. easily, but yet a popular song, as Drake would say, mm. I'm in my feelings. Being your feelings, but you need to be. Yeah. You need to. I feel you need to feel what you feel. You do. You have, have to be right. in, your, in your feelings. You have to. You're human. Your feelings count. They do. Whatever they are, like you need to they be count. able to let that out because putting it under a rug, it comes out in other ways. Right. It does. Right. And what it does is you're really hurting yourself. Absolutely. No matter what it is going on, you're hurting Especially yourself. Especially if you're living a life of lies, mm-hmm. which a lot of people do because people are hurting, people yes. are struggling, people are sometimes feeling certain ways that they don't know how to process those yes. feelings. Or you haven't been taught. Or exactly. Yeah. Or even how to communicate those feelings. Exactly. You know, it's not until you get older and wiser that you start seeing the world and start saying, wait a minute, you know, if I feel this way, Mm. should I be feeling this way? Should I question how I feel this way? How can I feel better about myself? When you're younger, you're just stupid. You go with the with the flow and you just suppress them and be like, ah, fuck it, whatever. Let's move on. I'm, I'm just going to try to cope the best way I know how. But you don't really address it. And then it's not until later stages of your life that you're like, you know, remember when I was feeling this way? Why do I keep feeling this way? Well, because you haven't addressed it. Yeah. You haven't put it out into the existence of the world for the world to come back to you and tell you, hey, this is the answer. But I think also and you need to, to change with how you grew up if you grew up culturally and how those skills have whatever you learned from your family, whether you know, either mom and dad huge impact. It's huge because if your parents didn't give you those type of skills to understand, to break down how to express that, to be like, you know, how was your day today? Right. How was your day today? Let's talk about this. And if everybody's in their own world and that hasn't been taught for taught to you, then it's kind of like you almost have to come into your own right. to, you know, to learn in the sense of getting help. If you decide to go to therapy, get a coach or however it is, you journal. Well, you know, I feel like now because mm. um, there's so much like uh, social services and, mm. and social service involvement and so many, you know, with the family and everything. Mm. I feel like now this generation has been uh, adapting that whole model of talking to your kids and saying mm. how you're feeling. Whereas before, when we were growing up, yeah. we never had those conversations. It was basically you not feeling that and move forward. And I think that's also, like I said, generational. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, what our family was taught and what they learned and how, well, they just did what they learned. Right. right. So now we learn those habits. Right. And so that we incorporated all that stuff in our day to day until we see stuff that comes. I'm like, well, that's not really working in the world that I'm right. in. And you're like, what's good? Whereas now you see them because even in the schools, mm-hmm. like with school systems, the minute that a kid starts acting up, they're sent automatically to a counselor and what's going on. And it's all about mm-hmm. talking about your feelings and expressing your thoughts and what what what's going out in the household and then involving the parents and the, the parents have to be involved, but also teaching the parent how to, you know, cope with you know, disciplining a child without really disciplining because I don't Mm. think that's really discipline. But you have to talk to your kid, like, to death. Mm. You know, whereas a spanking, when we grew up, pretty much resolved it because let's keep it 1,000. When I used to get beaten, which I don't... (laughs) I mean, it was a full-blown beaten. You know, I could tell you one thing. I got beaten by my mother, senseless, um, for... Cutting school one day. Mm. I never cut school after that beating. Right. And it took for her to beat me for me to not go to school. Now, what was the aftermath? Then cut school, also graduated, also managed to go to a four-year school, and then also go to a three-year school to get a master's. So I think my mom pretty much resolved that little situation of being a little rebel of cutting school with a spanking, 
uh, or beating in my in my case. <laughs> uh, but you can't do that now. now. But I don't think you should always beat your kids either. Absolutely. I, I mean, don't think that uh, the beating should be the only ways of. And I agree. I agree that you know, discipline comes in different shapes and forms. Right. Um, I'm just saying that nowadays, because of all social services involvement, right? It's it's it can be effective, but also very ineffective. Where a simple spanking or some sort of real disciplinary action, where the the child actually understands pain and understands accountability, it would be more effective. You know, I, I can't tell you enough. We all got beaten to death or gotten spanked and not promoted beaten. Yeah. Um, but, Exposure. But yeah, I definitely, yes. I definitely got my. Uh, right. And look how you turned of, out. Yeah. I don't know if it was really off of that, though, <laughs> to be honest. Um, I just, uh, some of it can go too too much. I think some of it right. is definitely too right. far. As, ma- as There are way, extremes. There are extremes. And I think that growing up with a Dominican mom, you know, her extreme was too far-fetched in the, some of the things. You right. know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah, no. We, ooh, no. Mm-mm. But so, you never did it again. So no. thank you, mom. <laughs> She wants for beating the crap there. out of me. It's I love not you. Into some sense. I love you, mommy. <laughs> into some sense. You um, did right with me. She know. said oh, you did right. I I think, I don't know. It is, there's so many um, people can agree. Some people can disagree. I think there's a balance of everything. I think right. it's just... Um, and again, my experience doesn't necessarily yeah, mean it's the whole world. My mm-hmm. experience is just my experience. And mm-hmm. I think that People need to understand you. You, you have to find balance, and, right? And that's a lot of that's another thing we lose on. We we don't balance our lives because I mean it's it is hard. Let's keep it real. It's very very hard nowadays. You know, with technology, with pressures, and and women, you know, in the workforce that's trying to like accomplish so much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's hard. It's very it very is. hard. I think the whole uh, finding balance and um, I think what I do appreciate, though, is that a lot of people are starting to find their healing. Right. And I think that's important yes. because we're having, a, um, <coughs> excuse me, an honest conversation with ourselves saying that I need to do this to take care of me, to be a better person for me and my family. Absolutely. In my environment. Absolutely. I mean. The the rule is very simple. You cannot love anyone else or care for anyone else or better your children Mm -hmm. if you cannot handle numero uno, which is yourself. And I think we're coming to a conclusion of a lot of people are in the space of like, that's okay. It had never been okay before for whatever reasons have happened. It's always been looked at, oh, you're trying to take care of yourself. That's selfish. But in reality, it's not. Because if I'm not good, how can I be good good to everybody else? Well, but let's explore selfish. Because selfish to me has two meanings. There's the selfish for self-serving, very like just self-absorbed like you 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 not care about anybody anybody or anything mm. um, almost to the point of narcissism mm. that's selfish well, the, right right but then there's self-love where you right. have to love yourself you have to care for yourself mm-hmm. there's self-care right. you have to self-care for yourself because who else is gonna wash your ass you know, not anybody else, but you. <laughs> <laughs> Who's gonna shave your legs? You got to. Who's gonna? Unless you don't want to, and you just want to be hairy, and that's fine too. <laughs> you know, we nip tuck and wax and do all that shit. Oh my god! But you know what? Talking you about because you're just talking about that. Oh my god, the stuff that women go through. Yeah. To put to ourselves in agonizing <laughs> pain. pain. To you know. uh, it's so funny. I always think about that scene. I don't know. It's random. Of um, forty year old virgin when oh, he goes yeah. and gets waxed, like and, wax. and you know he actually did that. So his expression was, was genuine. genuine. Yes. And I laugh because I'm like, you know, we don't even make that much noise. Like I got okay. So many moons ago, I decided to try get my legs waxed. It was right. like so off topic, and 
Holy cow. Like, I don't know. But it was when she got behind my leg. Oh, my goodness. When she got behind my leg. And I was like, you know what? It must have been a sensitive area. It was. And, you know, I looked at her. I was like, I'll shave. It really, it's okay. It's okay. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) It's like, I'm good. I don't want to do this. I'm done. Let's stop right here. I am not okay with this thing. Well, before waxing was a thing, I actually... Because I had time, so FYI disclaimer. <laughs> Don't judge me. No judgment. <laughs> I used to pluck my leg hairs. Did you? Pluck them out because for some strange reason, me being a masochist. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I like the pain, and it was weird. What, you used to watch television and just like- I'd pluck them out. Really? And it probably pluck lasted out. longer, I would think, right? Um, <laughs> No, I mean, because, well, yeah and no, because- the aftermath was I would get a lot of like little red spots oh. from plucking them out. And then you would have also ingrown hairs. So, from plucking them? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. It is. But then wax came along. Oh. I and can't. you know, that was even more painful. So. You were fine. Ooh, look at you. Two for one. Uh, <laughs> you get cleared on your waxing and oh my God. Okay. So you know what? This is really random, and I usually don't talk about celebrities. So, what do you think about this whole um, Kardashian, Chloe Kardashian, and Jordan? What is her last name? Jordan Woods, I think. Yes. yes. Okay, I randomly want to kind of bring this up because there's a lot to unpack. Well, again, we were talking about we social talked about media yeah. being a huge impact. And, you know, on this day, which is March 2nd, <laughs> we have been hearing all week about oh this triangle fiasco, Go. which to me is nothing but promo for the Kardashians. For the new show, I believe, too. My personal opinion is this. First of all. All three of them are guilty, and I'll tell you why. Okay, I'm listening. Starting with Miss Jordan Woods. Honey, okay. nobody's believing you. I'm not buying that shit. You knew what you were getting into, the fact that you are, you were a friend. Mm. You knew what man to keep your hands on and off of. Mm. You knew where you were going to, and if you knew this man's behavior, which she did, because it was all on the tabloids the first time. Right. Why would you put yourself in a position where you would either be exposed or be part of something as a scandal as that? So I think she was clout chasing. Mm. I don't think she's innocent. And third of all, I don't think she's remorseful. That she'll come out of it fine and dandy. She will because she got that Smith, the Smith, the Will Smiths and the Jada Pickens. Smith's uh, backing her up, trying to let her know, listen, she's got family here. So, you know, back off, Kardashians. She will be fine. But what did she really lose? She lost a friend. Mm. And I think a friend is, you know, Kylie being the friend and, and the longevity that they've had in friendship is far more valuable than anything. You know, yeah, you're going to get shamed through social media, but you had that coming. Mm. You knew what you were getting yourself into, so it's not as if it's new to you. And you know how the media pans out, so don't sit there and say, I didn't know, and I was drunk, and all this other stuff. You were drunk, but you didn't black out, okay? Uh, You didn't sit on his lap, but uh, it looked like you were sitting on his lap because her leg was under his leg. Okay, so that's why we're listening to the rant Yes, We got to listen to that. And you could see how other people's perception would make them think that that she was on his lap girl bye <laughs> nobody's buying this you knew what you was doing you liked it and uh that's that Tristan you're a dog all the way mm. you are also a media whore because I think you like the attention of being portrayed as the bad guy but at the end of the day was he really even with Chloe I don't really think so because if you notice and go back he wasn't really showing too much love with Chloe or being with Chloe all the time. I saw mostly Chloe with the baby by herself most of the time. So I can't really say too much as far as him that he's a dog and he's responsible for that. Yeah, he played a part. He was there. He did it Mm -hmm. because he wanted to and because he could. And that's that. And he doesn't care. That's another one that wasn't remorseful at all. And Chloe's not innocent, people. Let's Mm -hmm. keep it 1,000. Listen, the rule of this whole game is like this. 
the way you get a man is the same way the you're going to you lose a man. It's how you Chloe met Tristan when Tristan had a pregnant girlfriend. Mm. Pregnant girlfriend. Tristan left his pregnant girlfriend to be with Chloe because he got that fame, he got the paparazzis, he got that that hula mm. that he needed to spruce up his pocket, I guess, through the Cavaliers or whatever the fact. But the truth of the matter is, Chloe's no innocent, and I also don't feel like Chloe got to play that that role of oh well, let me blame this person for breaking a family. No, girl, Mm-mm. you are to blame for all of that too, because at the end of the day, you knew what you were getting yourself into from the first rodeo you went with him, and at the second time, you tolerated it, and then the second time. You wasn't really around him. So it's like, we don't really know what your relationship status was with him. I just, okay, so this is my opinion. So while I empathize, right. and let me, let me, let me, let me go back. While I empathize that it's hurtful because it's all in the media and whatever, I can honestly tell you, they're, they're all three of them, they're not innocent. Mm-hmm. They're not innocent. They know that they're gaining something out of it. I think this is. This is awesome for Chloe and her next season of the Kardashians because let's face it, what else can we talk about Chloe? Right. Going on in her life. Kim got that Kanye, which is crazy. Um, and then Courtney, she just looks good just to look good. And then she says bad shit, crazy shit from time to time to provoke her sisters, which is fine. But then you need a balance with Chloe of being the suffering sorrow, the one that's the Cinderella of the story. And it's like, girl, bye. You know, all three of them, they're still going to be making millions and we're going to still be sitting here and consuming all of that. So it's all good. And I empathize with any woman that's been heartbroken because I myself have been heartbroken myself. But you have to put things in perspective. And she knew what was going on with dude. She knew what dude was about. She tolerated it. You accepted it. That's on you. So I'm going to wrap this up. So my opinion on this whole thing with uh, this Chloe situation, I feel like um, definitely has not even been the second time that he's done this. I think there's been several times that this has happened. I think this is probably the second time that's been out in public. And she kind of know the person that that he is. And I think that when he first, that first public thing came out, um, I think she should... I know people are like, oh, you know, you can't tell me what to do. I don't think it was a good look for her because he just, to me, it was like, if you cared enough about me, you wouldn't have done that in such a public way. Right. Because that's hurtful. It's out there. It's public. It's recorded. We live in a place where people record everything. It was put out there. And um, he plays a role because he's with her. So the relationship is between Chloe and him, and it didn't seem to be a committed one for some reason. No, you it know? wasn't. But of course, this young woman done got herself mixed up in this whole situation, and she does play a role because why would you be there? Exactly. Like, why would you exactly. be at this? You know, this is your um, sister's man's house. Right. Why would you be like, I would never be comfortable to be honest with you. To be at any of my um, friends' men's house, you know, like oh, man. especially she's one not, that if she's has, there, it's different. Especially it's one that has us. those type of tendencies and behavioral issues. And I just think issues. that there's more to the story that we don't know for sure. I think oh, there's definitely. a lot of things, but I also find it interesting that this is coming up right before the season, and I find that every time there's something right before Absolutely. their season is coming out, right. it's something huge and, and spectacular in the sense of it gets out there. It's great promo. TMZ is out there, and I'm like, well, how convenient. It just seems to be a pattern of things. Right. And for clout, and I think we live in such a clout world, Oh and yeah. And sometimes things clout get all the all way gray, and you don't know, you can't know what's real. And I, honestly, I don't really get wrapped up because I'm like, this is your life. Exactly. It really is. How does and that I mean, impact your life? It doesn't. Does it? And it, if this situation is real or whatever it is, it's jacked up all of it because you now there's a child involved. Right. You know, this kid is innocent. But saying that, it's just like. I don't know. You know, it's just been such as like right before they have a new season, there's always something crazy right. that happens. 
And, you know, I think Chloe shouldn't mess with him. I think move on. Yeah. Just move on. I mean, she you probably know, already did. Be, I mean, what is there to say that she broke not. up with him? Girl, we all know you probably broke up with but him before he even did that. I do. I know why. Just... When some of these stories do come up, I do read yeah. them. But I don't get caught up because it's like, you know, we said go say caught up in these celebrities' lives. I'm like, these folks do not care. No. And <laughs> what people don't, don't realize is these people are getting paid millions of dollars to show you their their life you know their lives and it's all about consumerism it is it really is and we consume it unfortunately we do so people and to wrap things up i just wanted to also um say thank you to my cousin for being on here i could talk to you forever anytime and everything and anything um i can have all kinds because we do have all kinds of conversations of anything in life and i'll definitely have you on again so we can have other topics and uh, we can explore some other things that we talk about that are really i think are great conversations so i appreciate Lots you being on here. whining and dining and cigar <laughs> i finished my cigar definitely. it was but good right? it was good it was cherry flavored I know what I mean. yes it was good i'm still sipping on my wine but i want to come on here and share you um, but I'll definitely have you on again. So thank you for being on. Thank you for having me. Of course. So to everybody else, the next time, have a good night. Hey, it's your girl again. One more thing. Ways to follow the podcast and listen to the podcast on the following platform, which is Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Pocket Cast and Radio Public. And also you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter under Coffee with Curls. Hit your girl up, um, share, repost, leave a comment, um, rate me, follow us. And as always, I appreciate you.